the more confident you are when you are putting your foot down on certain things, the better off you're going to, I think, make out with You're going to make out. Don't make out with your client. That (laughs) would be going over and above. Yes. (laughs) And if that's how you roll, well, yeah, no, I I wouldn't recommend that. This podcast does not condone you making out with your clients. (laughs) Well, if you're single and they're single. I do not condone you making out with your clients. (laughs) Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Hello, everyone. It is level up time. And this is going to be the episode where we hit 10,000 downloads. Woo-hoo! So I'm pretty jacked up about that. Maybe I'm being a little a little optimistic because I still think we're about 30 downloads away from 10,000. Oh, so if you're listening right now, you yeah. could have been our 10,000th listener. That's, right. That's fun. No prize, but still kind of fun. <laughs> Anyway, this is a little bit of a break in the action from our OTB 100, which is now in its fourth week. But because this week uh, was a bit of a catch-up week for everybody, we ran an Ask Us Anything online. Let's talk about something else. Let's, Let's get some more content out there so you're not always just planning and doing paperwork and we can actually talk about other stuff that uh, you're interested in. Yeah. So this week we wanted to touch on a subject that I think is something a lot of us do and struggle with and get stressed by, and that is doing too much for our clients and just knowing where to draw the line in the relationship because it's tough. It is tough. It's, I, I, we're seeing more and more of it, especially with, you know, when you hear things in the media and you hear people who like to question the value of a realtor. I think mm-hmm. some people take that to heart as as people in our profession and think, oh crap, maybe I need to do more so I can justify my value. And in some cases, you do need to do more to justify your value. But in a lot of cases, I think we fall into this like this mess of trying to do more and more and more and never feeling like we're kind of communicating our worth to our clients or feeling like we're falling short. And there is a moment that you've gone overboard. So that's what we want to talk about today and maybe just chat about what we think that is because I don't think it's defined. No, and that's the thing. I want to preempt this conversation by saying everybody's going to define what they do with their own clients differently. So but don't I, say preempt in this in this world. Preempt <laughs> scares everyone in our industry. True. Yeah. But I do yeah, I want to give that warning because I think I know that I've felt, especially when I've started my career, that people say, Oh, you're supposed to do things this way or that way. And I fall into the trap of following what somebody else is doing. And it might not be something I'm comfortable with or might not be something I like something I want to do for my clients that maybe some other people may not want to. So there's no right or wrong with this, but I think it's important, even from a mental health perspective, just to understand for you personally, where you should draw the line and and just kind of do some self-reflection as to when you are feeling overwhelmed or like it's just too much. Is there a difference between self-reflection and reflection? Is that the same thing? No. Self is 
on yourself. Reflection could be on a situation that you just saw. <laughs> I'm just making okay, this up. Okay. But I think it's no, I mean, I there's, there's a difference. A difference. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just sidebarring because why not? Because we do that at least two to three times in a podcast. Well, there's one. There. So, okay. So one thing you mentioned there thankfully ties directly to the stuff we've been talking about for the last three weeks in everyone's planning for next year, which is identifying what it is that you actually represent, are good at, want to do, what's in your plan and that you've laid out for yourself. So if you have already put together, you know, established your focus, put your annual plan together, and if you haven't, go back to our last few episodes and start to get your own plan together for next year, but the big thing we talked about was identifying what you're all about. Who are you and who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. One of the easiest ways to figure out whether you're doing more than you should or different than what you should for somebody is the moment you start straying from the stuff you've laid out that is important to you and is what you're all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So it's it's really about determining that for yourself and just being aware of what what it is you're doing and how you're feeling when you're doing it. So I mean, I think we can go into some examples and just kind of yeah. talk about different ways. Like, you know, you've got a, a lot of times you've got situations or most situations when you're dealing with clients, there's a lot of emotion that goes along with it. There's a lot of feeling like you need to take on more than than what you actually should. I've had clients ask me to take care of their pets while there's a listing, while they have their place listed for sale or, you know, find a place for their pet to go or didn't something we, like didn't that. Didn't we do that once? We did. We did. We watched a cat, cat right? Yeah. And for me, like it was one of those things and I don't know what your thoughts were on it. I was okay doing it. My only my only concern was like the liability perspective. Okay, so so this th- this goes down the path of I think there's a difference between being okay with it and it being too much. You can be okay with something. We're all okay with the things we do. Yeah. Right? Like you wouldn't take something on if you're staunchly against it, but that doesn't make it okay. the right thing to do. Yeah. Right? Like and and sometimes it does. Like it doesn't mean we shouldn't go over and above for our clients. And I'm not even saying that watching that particular client's cat was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. But I don't think when it was when it was brought up to you, I don't even know how it was brought up to you. Like how did they ask you to do that? Or did you offer? No, I think it was I I honestly don't even know. I think they asked me. I definitely didn't offer. Well that's good. Yeah. But I think I remember clearing it with you before. Oh, no. I'm not saying I said no. No, I know. I But I remember us having the conversation. Like, is this too much? Like, this kind of seems like a really offside request. But, I, uh, like, well, and yeah. does And so does that have something to do also with the stage in your career you're at? Because I think the more we deal with clients, this might not have been a topic. If we were doing this podcast four years ago, mm. this might not have even been a topic that makes sense to say, how much is too much? Because to a lot of people, there's no such thing. It's you yeah. do what you have to do for sure for your client to be happy, regardless yeah. of, of what that limit might look like. Yeah. And back then, and maybe still now, like I'm not saying if someone asked you to watch their cat now that you'd say, I mean, I would say no now, just from a, our lives perspective. Well, we also have a dog now, so that's a whole different That's true. Story. We just, yeah, they'd be throwing throwing <laughs> the cat into the lion's den. <laughs> which is a bad example because a lion is a cat and we don't have one. But anyway, um, but I think 
the more you experience things that wear you down, the more you develop a bit of a skin around what is too much for you physically and emotionally. You mentioned mental health. I think that's, I mean, that's such an important reason why you need to set boundaries for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other thing to consider here is we're talking about, and we've been focused sort of on the intangible side of things, like the mental health, the stuff we might not be able to measure, but has a very real effect on us as reasoning to maybe take a step back and not do things. But there's also a tangible impact to a lot of the things that are either asked of us or we feel we need to do. And that's in real dollars and cents Mm -hmm. and time, right? Absolutely. So if we're tying it also into the planning that you're doing right now, there's a reason you're setting a budget and boundaries for yourself, both in what things you're going to do and also what you intend to spend on them on either an overall or a transaction by transaction basis. Right. I mean, I think, I I think of the one instance, well, there's many instances, but one instance where we were left with a house that it was basically implied that we should be emptying it out completely of all of the owner's belongings. Like she was moving to another home and there was like, they basically left it as we don't want to take anything else out of this house. And and it was 60 years of accumulated hoarded stuff. Yeah. And looking back at that, we just did it. We confirmed with the, like the relatives of the owner that that was it, that we could get rid of everything else. And essentially I remember like, I remember being in tears and you just called like a dumpster company and got a dumpster dropped off. And we just started like literally hand bombing all of the owner's belongings into a dumpster which was very it was kind of sad it was it was sad i mean like the tears for the effort but also the tears for the it yeah it was depressing like this was someone's entire life like family photos and certificates and things and it's just like I know. I mean, I it's, just, it's not our shocked. decision to make. Yeah. But. but like, again, like like you had said before, if it were me now, a few years ago, like, base, I mean, compared to a few years ago, like, I would have probably taken a step back and said, listen, like, if this is what you need help with, um, we need to have another conversation and figure that out. Because we took on the cost of that. We took on the time of that. And it was a significant impact, I think, on us emotionally and financial. I mean, like financial, it wasn't as big deal. But the time, like it was an entire day of literally just throwing garbage into a dumpster. And not that I'm above that. I don't mean to say that or come across as that. But I think it's just one of those things that we didn't agree to do this. Right. Well, and and that was maybe, and not that it's an excuse, because this sounds like the excuse a lot of agents make, but that was going to be our first, and it did become our first really successful auction property. Right. And I think on a you know on a personal to us basis, we did we weren't going to let it fail for anything, even if it meant doing more than we bargained for. And yeah. Regardless of what your business model is, that's a feeling a lot of agents have. You know, especially because when we're doing our jobs, we don't make any money until the place sells and until the place actually closes according to whatever it is we've laid out and agreed to with our sellers. So when you're in it and your seller is throwing things at you, and this goes for buyers as well, but when your seller is throwing things at you and you've already invested X amount of money, the money you've invested is sunk unless you've made some sort of another arrangement Mm -hmm. with your seller. 
meaning you're never getting that back and you will not make any money to recoup that and make profit for yourself unless you sell the home. So sometimes it can feel like a rock and a hard place if what you've done hasn't brought you to the point that's going to make the transaction happen. However, that's a function of your planning, I think. And that's where you need to have a grip on what you do from the beginning, not when you're halfway through a transaction. Well, and your communication. Like one thing that I feel as though I went wrong with that particular transaction is I remember offering to help with figuring out a place to donate the furniture and the belongings. I understood there was one company that would take more than what they I ended up agreeing to. Like I remember, oh my gosh, this is like the transaction of tears. But I remember the company calling me back. They agreed to take everything and then they called me back again and said, sorry, like, no, we're not taking anything. And it was just like, what the hell? Like all of <laughs> you were this. Like, yeah, I wouldn't either if I was you. But- yeah, but they had gone through the house. They had like done yeah. their assessment. They had offered to take the stuff, like utensils, like all of plates, all of this stuff. And all they just said, no, sorry, not taking any of it. And I just remember like, like just like what, what else? Like, come on. So it was one of those things where I didn't do my research properly. I figured... People, companies would take um, take furniture, take pickup things, um, and, and because it's being donated, that they would just do it. But that's not the case. It's a lot harder to find a place for, especially older furniture where people don't find the need for it. Right. And that's where a lot of us want to... The goal is to under-promise and over-deliver, but sometimes when you haven't done the research or you're not aware yeah. of really what's involved in what you're promising you run the risk of overpromising and we won't allow ourselves to underdeliver right it just means that you're going to have to yeah, yeah you've you've set out a path for yourself that's going to push you beyond what you were prepared to do or what you were expecting to do yeah and with that particular transaction i mean i don't think it landed up it did cost us a little bit more than what we would have expected but it wasn't about breaking the bank it was about it was about breaking our spirits it yeah, was about well, our was the time, time. Yeah. and effort and yeah. so You need to have not just a money budget, you need to have a time budget, an effort budget. And like you said, you need to be very forthcoming and clear with your would-be clients or the clients you're already working with about what that looks like. And here's what you're going to do. And that doesn't need to sound like you're skimping on anything, right? Like you're not going to be skimping. You're just going to be telling people the way it is. Right. So our dog has come in the room now, and he's a very humongous seven-month-old dog at 80 pounds, and he's panting and drooling on right now, Katie. That's why I'm talking, but now now he's embarrassed. He's actually wearing a red bow tie right now, which is not his normal attire. I guess he knew we were recording the podcast today, and he wanted to dress up for the occasion. He's upset that it's not on Zoom today. That's true. Yeah, we apologize. We won't be on video today. But now you can you can picture him, a large Bernice Mountain dog wearing a red bow tie. So right. now that you have that detour in your head. Detour number two. Yeah, that was a, that was a necessary detour. <laughs> so, okay, here's, here's another element, though, to consider. And when we talk about doing too much, I think it can come from two different – it can come from both of these, but it can come from two different directions. One is – when you're actually asked to do too much yeah, or when somebody requests things and keeps kind of feeding off of you saying yes, 
or you feeling the need to volunteer things and keep adding to the mix the more stuff you're going to do without yeah. anybody actually requesting it. Right, yeah. And I think that also comes from seeing what other agents do. Um, I think a lot of times, like for example, I know a lot of agents that before COVID would pick up the keys from the lawyer's office and deliver it right to their clients versus their or their clients going to the lawyer. And I've never done that. But I remember hearing about this and I'm like, oh, maybe I should start doing this and offering as a service. So I think, again, going back to your plan and understanding where your value is for your clients, you can't possibly do everything that everybody does. Everybody picks and chooses, I think, their... Um, their value and and how they help their client. And maybe it depends on the type of client you're working for. If it's a family with kids versus like an elderly person, obviously those services will likely differ. But I think it's really important to recognize that you've determined for yourself what your value is and you need to be comfortable with that and not worry about what other people are offering. Well, and, and it's not to say you can't get ideas. Like we always yeah. talk about getting ideas from people, but that doesn't mean because someone's doing something cool, yeah, it becomes part of your business plan. Yeah, like I remember even one person saying, like, you should when you your client closes on a place, um, the night of the closing when they've moved into the house, you should order them pizza and bring them pizza. And you like, should, you should, you need to do that. And so I remember trying it once, and it was. I didn't like it. It was weird. And like, it was weird for them too, because they were in the middle of moving and I show up with pizza and like, I don't know, like some people are just, I I don't know. I felt like it was kind of awkward. And then then they're like, it's not you. It wasn't your clients. Like we, we attract and go after and work with the people who are in our plan, who we've been attracting for certain reasons. Yeah. And they're not in your case, the types of people who expect you to show up with a pizza. Right. Right, like, and and I'm not the type of sorry, and I'm not the type of person that enjoys showing up with a pizza. Like, that's not my personality. Like, I'm not that. I don't know. Like, outgoing. You've never showed up here with a pizza. (laughs) No, because I can think of agents that do like would be very like it would be natural for them. It's not natural for me. Right, like I've I've shown up with a six pack at a client's house. Like the day they close, I'm like, I know that we're going to want to have a beer together, and that's just how yeah this particular client will work. And I mean, everything's a one-off and again, it's, it's going to come down to what you know and how you've built the relationship with your client. But the whole, to me, the whole gist of this in determining what is too much and self-diagnosing it when it happens is first, like we said, identify who you are and how you offer your services. Be clear about that in the way you promote your services. Mm -hmm. So before you have a client, like make it very apparent Here's what you get when you work with me down to like step by step. Right. And ask the question, like make sure that everybody understands. I love confirming with people that they know what's to come. Like we right. talk a lot about laying out, here's the calendar between now and yeah. when we list or when we buy or whatever. Here's all the stuff that's going to happen. Here's all the stuff I'm going to do. Yeah. Here's when. Yeah. That's your time to ensure that there's nothing else that someone feels is missing doesn't mean you have to do it. Right. But. Yeah. Well, as you said, it's it's setting in, in place the expectation so that it doesn't come to a point where they're like, well, you haven't mentioned this. What about this kind of thing? Even even down to like, you know, you have an offer date for a place and you're not getting the traction and you're thinking you're probably not going to get an offer and offer night. 
let preempt that. And we've talked about that before, but like if your clients expect no offers on offer night, then they're not going to be disappointed when you have to relist the next day if that actually becomes the reality. So, um, yeah, again, just setting in place the expectations is so key and will allow you to feel comfortable not having to go above and beyond and back again in order to make them happy. Well, and, and it's, comfort for both of you like it's comfort for you as an agent because yeah. you've got a plan but it's going to be comfort for your client as well right because you've told them what to expect and if you deliver on that yeah everybody's getting exactly what they knew you've got a clear plan that you can stick to so you're not going to be as stressed out with what to do next mm-hmm. but you're also probably not going to be your phone's not going to be ringing and you're not going to be getting texts saying have you thought of this have you thought of this because you've already told them yeah. how this is going to go right Right, you can't control what the final final number is going to be or how many offers there are, but you can control the process and making sure that that's communicated effectively to somebody. Mm-hmm. So, when when we talk about going over and above, I mean, we've talked about some of the things that you might do during the listing process. You know, extra cleaning, extra services, extra whatever. Um, but there's also the stuff that gets asked of us where we're put into positions of sort of the inverse of going over and above. For example, when somebody says, cut your commission Hmm. or give me cash back. Yeah. And that's just another version of doing more than you bargained for. Right. In most cases, unless that's what your business model is. But um, if somebody asks that, to me, that's no different than somebody saying, hey, I'd like you to, you know, paint my house before it goes to market or something like that. It's it's something that's having a direct impact on the way you offer your services. And if that's not how you position your business, then agreeing to that is potentially going way beyond what you bargained for and what you should be comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You need to know where to draw the line in your business. And I've done that before where you know, people have said, okay, do it for 1% or do it for a certain percentage. And I have like in my head, a percentage that where I draw the line and I'm comfortable walking away from that. And if they're not wanting to work with me because of it, then, then that's fine. Right. Well, and, and it plays, this is when your clients or potential clients will play other people against you. So yeah. this is the same argument of looking what everybody else does. Instead of you saying they're doing that, I should do it. It's someone else telling you, they're doing it. Why can't you? Right. Yes. So for you, you need to, it's not about having a rebuttal to that. It's about knowing your worth, knowing your value, having a clear definition of what you do, why, and how much it costs and being yeah. confident in communicating that Right. full stop. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's something, and, and but I do think it needs some sort of like not rehearse, but you do need to know how to communicate that properly to people confidently. Because I think a lot of times what happens is people will ask you to cut your commission or whatever it is, and you're kind of like tripping over your words and trying to think of like the best way to explain it. And it just doesn't come across confident. The more confident you are when you are putting your foot down on certain things, the better off you're going to, I think, make out with You're going to make out. Don't make out with your client. That (laughs) would be going over and above. Yes. (laughs) And if that's how you roll, well, yeah, no, I I wouldn't recommend that. This podcast does not condone you making out with your clients. (laughs) Well, if you're single and they're single. I do not condone you making out with your clients. It's a slippery slope. It's the same reason some people don't even work with their friends. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I I can't see a situation where that's going to be good for you in any way. I feel like there's situations where, like, there's there's like stories of people couples getting together from, like, one of them was their, their real estate agent. I haven't heard those stories. I'm sure they <laughs> exist. I'm sure that there's people out there who have met because of that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this this went down a different rabbit hole here for going over and above for your clients. You do you. I mean, again, if that's if that's how you no, roll, I if you're say, if you're saying, Swinger McGee, no, Swinger McGee, the realtor, Swinger. I'm saying if you're single and like you have a client that's single and you happen to be attracted to each other, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but I'm it, but I'm saying not like, in the context not, of the transaction. That, yeah, not that it would be like an expectation. I'm just saying that it probably has happened. I'm sure it's happening right now. I'm sure somebody <laughs> listening to this podcast is currently thinking. Now you're reevaluating whether that's a service you should offer your clients. I am not you. Okay. I'm talking. I'm talking to the listening audience. <laughs> I hope you're not considering all thirty that. of you who are going to push us above ten thousand. We're already listens. over ten thousand now, so we thank you for that. <laughs> we do, but uh, but bringing it back. So that was sidebar number three. Bringing it back. I don't back, think that was a sidebar. I, I'm okay, fine. Say two and a half. That's on. That's on topic. <laughs> Make out with your clients. Um, you mentioned rehearsing, and I've found like we've started now at our brokerage doing a role play. Yep. With our agents about all sorts of scenarios, and in one way or another, it's fair to say that difficult situations, whatever they are, in some way can be related to this uncomfortable feeling about being asked to do something. You wouldn't typically do, whether it's cutting commission, whether it's another agent saying, just tell me, tell me what to offer, you know, you it's I'm going to sound like a broken record here. But when you have a plan and a system that you follow, all of these questions get answered immediately like you don't they're not even questions when somebody says something you already have the answer because it's how you do your business right and your business might evolve and things might show up in the world that you say oh maybe that is something i should do but when you get into the habit of piling on to what you've set out for yourself because something seems cool or it seems like what you should be doing you will lose yeah and you will be miserable for it you might get deals done and i feel like that again, it fuels your kind of, you tell yourself it's because I did more Mm. and then you just always want to do more. But if you keep doing that, you'll start, you know, breaking even on all your deals because of how much you feel you need to do to get a deal done. And that's not how you should be from a business perspective. That's not how you can run your business. Yeah. Right. Promotions are fine. I mean, like, you know, McDonald's will do a, a two for one Big Mac once in a while, but they don't change their model to now all Big Macs are $2 off. And because mm-hmm. more people bought them, they're going to take another dollar off next month and they're going to keep going because they're selling millions of Big Macs. Right. That would bankrupt them. Yeah. So don't be McDonald's discounting Big Macs, <laughs> is I've what I'm trying to say. I've never seen a two for one. Big Big Mac special. Is there actually that? I'm not sure. Well, you can't it's have gluten. When have you ever shopped two. for a Big Mac? <laughs> Who shops for a Big Mac? Shops. Not shops, but just... I'm sure they do two-for-ones. They must. They've got little offers. They have an app. I have the app on my phone. Yeah. There's deals. All right. I don't know if they do two-for-one Big Macs. Well, they do free fries when They the do Raptors free fries. Win. They do free fries. It's not when the Raptors win, but it's, yeah, you're close. When they get the... Th- Three three pointers or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
people when they get three three pointers. Everybody, when you're watching the Raptors and they get three three pointers, don't go to McDonald's and ask for free fries. What is it? It's when they reach a hundred points. That's what it's been in the past. Oh, I if they reach a hundred points, three pointers. Oh no, actually, they, there was a hundred points, and that was for free slices of pizza. And a hundred McDonald's doesn't sell pizza. No, that was with a different was with pizza, pizza. <laughs> oh, okay. And it was, we're giving like free promo now to our 30 listeners. <laughs> uh, no, and it was uh, when I think they hit, it was 12 or 13 three-pointers. It was a much okay, larger number of three-pointers. thank you. Okay. Not three. Okay, I know, but it was three-pointers. It had something to do with three-pointers. You I'm are not going on the crazy. Ball. You're making McDonald's go over and above when they're not prepared to do that. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. Yeah, but I guess wrapping that all up, I think... As you said, systems, we are talking about systems with the OTB 100, and I think it will really help prepare you for next year as you get into how you approach your business and what expectations that you've put on yourself and what expectations you put on your client. Like we can go down the road, like I'm just thinking of expectations, but I say expectations to put on my client. Like I remember, like I've, I've had situations where the expectation was they would um, declutter before the stager comes or take certain pieces of furniture out and the stager gets there and it's not been done. Um, and so, but having, again, going back to it, having a system in place to follow up with them beforehand and making sure that it's all been done could have avoided that situation versus the morning of racing down to the unit because they haven't done and you're now helping them do the things that they were supposed to do. Just another sidebar story. I don't know if these stories are helpful, but I feel like we've got like a... a Every transaction, there's never going to be a transaction, even with systems where nothing happens that is something you prepared for. You're looking at me and smiling funny. (laughs) Is it because the dog is over my head right now? (laughs) Um, Bowtie dog just showed up again. (laughs) Hey, guys. Um, But yeah, you're always going to be throwing curveballs, but the more you're ready with how you do things, the easier it'll be to deal with the curveballs. Yes. And with each one that you get, you've got another story that will prepare you for the next time it happens. Exactly. Like learn from these things. Like it's not, it's never going to go flawlessly, but if you can take. (laughs) That's so so upsetting. But it won't. They will all screw up. No, but it's not, no, they're not going to all screw up, but they're never, like everybody knows they're never going to be, no transaction is the same. And if you can at least take some learning out of the, not the mistakes, but just the little bumps along the way, I think you'll be much better off down the line with when a similar situation comes up. Because even though not every situation is the same, there's themes and like kind of topics that you fall into with different transactions. So you know yeah. what well, to prepare for. There's there's external pressures, there's internal pressures. You can control the internal pressure and yeah. you can be equipped to deal with the external pressure. Yeah. Right? And and that comes with time. If you're just starting in the industry, the things that will be asked of you and that you feel are being expected of you are going to come at you a million miles an hour every time. And yeah. it's a competitive industry and there are you need to understand there are those out there who will do everything that's asked of them, but that doesn't make them a better realtor. No. In a lot of ways, that makes them a weaker realtor because yeah. they're not understanding their own value. Yeah. So just ask yourself, if you're comfortable with everything that you've done to help your client and they're asking for more and you don't think it's it's within your like your job description, 
then be comfortable with that. Try to tell yourself that you've done everything that you've told them you'd do, you'd follow through, and don't don't get worried when, you know, they happen to come up with a ridiculous request that you just can't fulfill. Yeah. And and educate yourself. There you can always learn from the experiences you have. You can learn from the experiences other people have. Ask questions hear horror stories so that you don't have to be the one who lives them yourself. Yeah. But also if we go back to like the experience we had with the, with the hoarder house, Mm -hmm. the more you educate yourself about the stuff you might be promising and putting out there. And the more you understand what is involved in every aspect of the things you could be doing and offering, the easier it'll be to offer them confidently and not freak out when you actually have to do them. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I just be cautious of who you ask for advice when it comes to the services you offer. Like doing it on a real estate forum where where a hundred people yeah. are going to give you a hundred different pieces of advice or make you feel bad for not doing something or whatever. Yeah, um, that that could really screw screw you up in your head. Yeah, well, we we were talking in a totally different context yesterday about. You can find anybody to say anything you want anywhere, yeah. right? You can get a horror story about anything and it may or may not be true. You can get somebody saying something's easy and another person to say the exact same thing is near impossible. Yeah. So when when I say learn from other people, it doesn't mean go down a gossip rabbit hole to help shape your strategy. But it does mean that when you're trying to understand what your value should be and when you're trying to put a little bit more meat on the bone with your annual plan. There's nothing wrong with asking questions of people you trust, asking opinions of people you trust. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now. This is the this was the wrap-up week for the first three weeks of the OTB 100. There is now two and a half months to go before the new year. We've got all kinds of really good focused sessions for the balance of this year. We're going to be talking about leads for the next, leads and CRM for the next two weeks. Yeah. Um, and so use this as a week to really pull together everything you've been working on for the last three weeks. If you haven't yet listened to the OTB 100 sessions we've run, the last three episodes of this podcast will take you through finding your focus, your annual plan, and building a budget. Um, and now do that in the context of not overdoing it. That's what we were focused on today. And from here, we will just keep moving and getting you ready for 2022. So as always... Keep listening, keep fit and have fun, <laughs> participation. Yeah. Uh, and again, this this is the first episode in a while that's not going to have a video attached to it. So go to our YouTube channel, watch the past videos if you're a visual learner after you're done listening to this one. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Have a good day. Later. I, what was that? A good day? <laughs> I didn't know what to you say. You were waiting to say goodbye. <laughs> oh, that was your line. No. I know. You're like the you're like the person with the triangle in the band who has like one ding. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> I was gonna say day, and then I'm like, well, they might be the, listening what if at night. To at night, or what if oh, they're I listening guess, to? <laughs> I guess nay is day and night. Have a you know what? Have a good nay. That might be our new. Oh man, my dog is eating my hair right now. Have right. a good nay. <laughs> Bye. Level up, 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 level up,